Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. So we're on day four of Rob Moore taking over the podcast for his mini-series on 14 years of working with Mark Homer and lessons he's learned from Mark over the past 14 years. I hope you've enjoyed the previous three days. Now let's get straight into it. I hope you enjoy the episode. Over to Rob. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and this is the fourth video in the series leading up to and celebrating the 40th birthday as the best business partner anyone could wish to have. And he's not yours, he's mine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're doing something different here, which is I'm sharing with you all the things I've learned from Mark Homer over the years, some of the more contrarian or at least in the background lessons in education, not the glitzy, flashy stuff, Mark. As you know, he's very much not like that. We will get to 49 lessons by the time I finish this live stream in the four videos and podcasts, because these will also be on the Progressive Property Podcast. So make sure that you go and find the others if you've not seen any in the series yet. I'm linking to them all in a thread on the Progressive community so you can watch them all. Uh, And I'm going to cover in this video and on this podcast, knowing your enemy, obsessing over the competition, reviewing your suppliers every year. If someone makes a bold prediction, log it and remind yourself in a year. Um, Don't tell people when you're coming back from the holiday. Merging social and business to lease or buy a car. Worst, best and likely case capacity planning. Low fixed cost, high variable cost. And being able and ready to pivot with your overhead very quickly. SANT, N-S-M-T-E and I-S. Tracking the number of months expenses saved. How to trick and game yourself. Good and bad consultants, testing new finance methods regularly, cash is king, not trash, uh, and then prote- protecting your credit file with your life. So it's going to be a good, um, I'll try and do one point per minute, something like that. Also, I uh, want to make this point very clear because this is an exciting one off for the entire community. And that is on Mark's 40th birthday, which is in a few days time, we're going to announce something very special. 40 lucky people are going to be able to get Mark um, up close and personal in masterminds and uh, a business and um, finance course. Now, I haven't yet announced exactly what we're offering, but I've given you a bit of a clue there. I ran a poll in the progressive community and uh, basically um, there were some things that were voted on that the community seemed to want the most. uh, And we've created a very special one off package. um, So you'll be able to get Mark up close personal, pretty much as your mentor, which is a very special thing considering he's very reclusive behind the scenes. He's a multi, multi multi-millionaire. He's developing hundreds of units and owns hundreds of properties, manages businesses that are tens of millions of pounds. Uh, And it's very rare that you even see his face or hear his voice on the Progressive Podcast or on in the Progressive Property Community. I reckon this offer will go out to about 650,000 people or more, and we're only accepting 40 people. So this is a big and special thing, but we've also got an amazing deal on his birthday. All right, so Mark believes it is far better to know your enemy, be friends with your enemy, your competition if you can, and to obsess over the competition, to learn what they're doing, 
Mark's not really got that much of an ego compared to many people, or at least if he does, it's in a different way. So Mark will learn from his competition. He really doesn't care. He doesn't care how they judge him or they see him. He will admit if they do things that is better than him or his business. He, he puts all of that aside. He looks, Mark is very much a facts-based guy. So he look at the facts, not what he thinks or he wants. So he's happy to look at the competition as if they're just another um, case study, uh, the, a precedent study that he can learn from. And um, Mark would much rather learn from his competition than have to learn himself because that's better leverage. And he does obsess over competitors in his marketplace and space and wants to know everything about them. And not from a place of jealousy or envy, but for, of a place of self-improvement of his own business and brand. Mark believes that when you get a supplier, they'll lure you in with a lower price and then they'll eke the price up and up and up. And this could be refurbs. This could just be general bills and, and general supplies. So what he does is he'll get a, 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 he'll screw down a supplier on price or he'll get a best price. And then he'll put a recurring diary, a recurring appointment in his diary every single year. And every year he'll review that supplier and he'll check if they've eked the prices up and up and up and up. And then either re renegotiate with the supplier or he will change supplier. And if you think about all the different suppliers you have, whether it's in your business for stationery, insurance, you know, of course, um, all the things that you have in, in dealing with your property portfolio, um, that can end up being a lot of money, not just every year, but compounded over 10 or 20 years. When Mark looks at a decision, um, income, money saving, money making, he doesn't look at it in the now or in the year. He looks at it in the 10 year implication. Uh, and so Mark usually wouldn't start a business model unless he thought I could be in this for at least 10 years. Um, and he'd think about not just the saving today, but that compounded over 10 years. Uh, and he's very much a long term thinker, which is one of the reasons why Progressive has been the UK's largest property training company for many years, which is why this progressive property community is the most engaged property community out of all of them with the most posts and engagements out of any community. Um, it's only like 1000 of the biggest group. And we started as years after other groups. Um, why, you know, Mark is still buying um, and developing. He's developing about 135 or something like that units at the moment with conversions from uh, commercial into residential. He owns hundreds of properties. He manages with his letting agency, Progressive Lets. When I say his, I've got half of all this as well, but I'm talking about Mark at the moment. Um, he manages over 800 units in, in the letting agency. He's got about nine income streams. He's a multimillionaire. Uh, and you'll never hear him say any of this, by the way. Um, so, yeah, someone's got to, though, because people don't know um, a lot about him. I did a poll in the progressive community and some people don't even know Mark or know his role in the companies. Well, he set up the community that everyone's benefiting from. He's, you know, the, the co-owner of that. Someone said to me, oh, Rob, I'd love to hear more from Mark. So would I. I'm sure so would you, too. But, you know, Mark is a, a bit of a rarity in terms of public, um, you know, presence or appearances. OK, next thing then is Mark reckons that people make claims and predictions all the time. The property market, where, where, where finances are going, Brexit, the economy. And if someone makes a, a prediction that Mark thinks is interesting or noteworthy or he thinks would impact his business or he thinks could be, uh, become true or is a load of bollocks, because <laughs> Mark thinks lots of things are a load of bollocks, by the way. A load of bollocks is one of his favourite sayings. Um, he will put a diary uh, reminder in a year's time to check if that prediction came true. And at first, I reckon he probably did that because he wanted to be proved right, because I'm going to tell you a couple of little secrets about Mark. He does like to be right. Uh, Mark likes to be right a lot. And he doesn't like, he, he's very careful with his diligence and his research. And he usually is right. So he does like to be right and sometimes a bit too much. 
So what he'll do is he'll put this diary reminder in for a year to check this claim that someone made or this prediction. And then he'll go, oh, OK, did that come true or did that not come true? And he'll learn from that. And every time there's a prediction made and then he's able to look back over a year or two and join the dots going back, he gets better education and knowledge, which makes him better at, at predictions. And I used to think that was just sort of OCD about him at first and wanting to be right. But it's not. It's actually very smart. Um, when Mark goes on holiday, he never tells people when he's coming back. And he always lets you guess what day you're coming back. Because you'll know when you come back from holiday, you've usually got a lot of work to do and a lot of catch up, catching up. And of course, when Mark comes back, the whole world wants Mark. You know, we have, what, 95 staff in our um, progressive property, progressive success and progressive lets. Uh, and so everyone wants a piece of Mark. So he's already been back two days when everyone thinks he's on holiday. He's caught up with all of his work uh, and he's cleared his desk. And then he comes into work and he's like, oh, hi, where have you been, Mark? Oh, and he locks himself away. So he's clever at... Um, you know, just gaming things and little hacks just to sort of make sure that he gets his ideal life balance and he doesn't get interrupted or disturbed and he's able to do what he needs to do. Just lots of little tricks he's got there. Um, Mark really loves to merge social and business. So he'll often go uh, shooting or he'll go to the Grand Prix or he'll go to charity balls or various events. Um, he'll often fly his helicopter. Well, I say his helicopter. He, he, we rent um, R44s. Um, and Mark's been keeping up his hours on that. I haven't flown for a little while. Um, and Mark will often fly to different events, horse racing, etc. And what he does is he meets up with friends, but he merges it with business. He might take a couple of clients. He might take a couple of potential JV partners. He'll make sure that he's in areas where there are lots of other successful business people around. He makes sure that he, a lot of his friends are successful business people. And that's not because he's elitist. I used to think, oh, well, Mark's a private school boy, which he was. I was private and state. So I had a bit of both and I could see the, the snobby private in him or so I thought. I used to think, oh, Mark only wants to be with uh, um, friends with someone if they're worth 10 million or 50 million or 100 million or, or their daddy is worth half a billion. But I actually realised that was just naive of me. Mark is just choosing his circles wisely. And as an entrepreneur and a business owner, you can sometimes feel alone. You know, you're trying to figure every, everything out yourself. There is no rule book. You know, you're at the top of your organisation. Who's helping you when you're helping everyone else? So Mark's smart at getting himself around people who are experienced in business and, you know, acquisitions, mergers, big commercial portfolios, whatever else, run big companies, sold big companies, buy big companies, take over big companies um, so that he doesn't feel alone in business. He can learn from many people. He feels inspired, motivated. And of course, you are the sum of the people you hang around with. And Mark, you know, people talk about this, but Mark really lives this. OK, the next thing is Mark's absolutely brilliant at working out. Um, whether you should buy something, rent something, lease something, hire, purchase something. And Mark looks at the total depreciation costs. So if he's thinking about buying a car, like he has a Porsche 911 or leasing here, he won't just look at the headline figures. He'll work out all the costs, the depreciation, the maintenance, etc. He'll line it up. He'll get all the best lease deals. I don't know if you've ever seen in the progressive um, Facebook community some of his epic posts on leasing cars that I've had hundreds and hundreds of comments and maybe sometimes 500 plus likes um, because when he goes into detail and works out pricing, he compares it to the nth degree. So he knows what kind of car like a BM, an Audi, a, um, you know, a Mercedes would be better for a lease. And then he knows which would probably be better for a purchase like, you know, Porsche, Lamborghini or a Ferrari. He knows the depreciation. He knows what cars never to buy because the depreciation goes absolutely like that. He'd never buy an Aston Martin, even if he liked it, because the depreciation curve is like a, a ski slope. Uh, and he's worked all this out. And Mark's found some amazing lease deals. 
he got me an 80 odd grand Audi RS6 a few years ago, which we which I got for my um, wife and he got it for less than 600 pound a month on a lease. Um, and, you know, you buy an 80 grand car and in three years, that's probably worth 50 grand. And if it's a, a Jaguar or a Range Rover, it's probably worth 40 or 35. And of course, you don't have any, um, you know, any of the maintenance um, on, on a newer car. And he works out the maintenance on an older car versus a newer car. Um, so if you ever need any help on that, put a post in the community. I'm sure Mark will go in. He loves all of that. He'll ha happily help people till the cows come home with those kind of things. Um, he, re he wrote a couple of brilliant books, Uncommon Sense and Mark My Words. And that talks a lot about his cost saving mentality and how to analyze costs and, and save money. Um, so, yeah, he's the best at finding all sorts of lease deals. He, he, he subscribes to all these websites. He knows when to go and log on to them, when they're doing deals, when certain cars are at the back end. I remember when um, uh, before the um, BMW M4 came out, they, they had a, a few limited edition M3s left and he found them at something like 400 odd quid a month. You know, for like a really, um, the really latest M3. I mean, it was, it was amazing. How did he find those? Okay, next then is Mark always does worst case, likely case and best case capacity planning or um, analysis whenever he's buying a property deal or going into any kind of venture or purchasing a business or anything like that. Um, you know, worst case is what if everything went wrong? And, you know, like Mark likes to get his worst case worked out because Mark is a bit of a worrier. He wouldn't mind me saying sometimes he doesn't sleep that well. He's a, he's a, he just his brain is always on thinking, 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 analyzing, thinking, processing. You know, like it's, it's like his brain's like a supercomputer. Um, and so from time to time, he will overthink things. So he likes to work out his worst case. OK, so I know things can't get worse than that. And then the likely case and then the best case. Uh, and then he can do analysis and figures and, you know, income projections and capital projections based on worst, likely and best. Whereas a lot of people, he just thinks they're just looking always for the best case. They're delusional. They don't understand about the cost of, um, you know, selling up and um, they don't understand acquisition costs and all the other sort of peripheral costs in, in, in purchasing property or businesses, etc. Mark believes it's really important to have as low a fixed overhead as you can. So he'd rather have higher variable costs Costs of sales and, you know, costs are, uh, uh, that come off nearer the top than the bottom line on the profit and loss. He doesn't like having massive fixed overhead. So for years in Progressive, we never leased anything, not even a computer, not even any furniture, nothing. We had virtually no fixed cost. Now, of course, we have more fixed cost now because we're a bigger business and our, um, our overhead is sometimes a million pounds a month. And on average in the last 12 months, it's probably been 700, 750,000 pounds a month. But still, even with that, not a huge amount of that is fixed. Most of that is variable, um, which means that you can reduce costs quickly. Whereas if you've got big leases and, you know, you've got all of the all of your computer and your stock, um, then um, sorry, sorry, your computers, your equipment. Mark would rather say lease, for example, printers, etc. Um, and yeah, he wants uh, ideally a lower fixed uh, cost on your um, on your business, on your portfolio. All right. Next then is Mark believes it's really important to be able to pivot very quickly and to be flexible and to be able to reduce cost if required, um, to be lean. And Mark's not into ego in terms of, oh, I've got to have a million staff or oh, I've got to have a billion pound turnover. Not really bothered about all that. Mark would rather buy something lower cost than something higher cost. Mark would get much more satisfaction about getting a cheap car at a discount than a Lamborghini at full price. So he's, he's, for him, the discounts and the savings, um, uh, you know, and, and spotting the, the, the areas 
of benefit um, and little hacking and gaming. Therefore, they to him are sport. Uh, and so he sometimes he does overanalyze and he obsesses and sometimes he says, oh, I don't know if I'm, I'm just spending you know, hours to save a tenner because sometimes it does become a bit sort of OCD and so much of a game that sometimes there's the opportunity cost of time or it not being worth his time. And sometimes he, he has to sort of pull himself out of that. Um, but yeah, that's the, you know, saving money and doing good deals and getting big discounts brokering things and doing partnerships and getting a contract really good and tight to him that's the sport that's the game he loves it and that gives him his, his sort of sense of value and worth okay mark believes it's important to have money that you save and never touch which is s-a-n-t uh, mark also believes it's really important to save money for irregular shocks so save and never touches ISAs and savings that you're just never going to spend. And some people say, well, what's the point in spending it? Well, Mark will say, I want to build up so much capital that I could live off the income assuming 5%. So, you know, million pound capital, you should be able to get 50 grand a year. Two million pound capital, you should be able to get 100 grand a year. Five million pound capital, you should be able to get 250 grand a year. Mark wants to build a wall, he calls it a wall of capital and cash, such that if he chose to turn the income on, he could live off the income. And when Mark does get income from capital, he reinvests it and reinvests it and reinvests it to compound it, to compound it uh, and to compound it. Um, Mark believes it's really important to track the number of months you, that you have where you have cash um, or expenses saved up. So, um, you know, let's say, for example, your overheads are five grand a month, you know, your personal expenses. Well, if you have five grand in the bank, you've got one month living expenses. If you have 50 grand in the bank, you've got um, 10 months living expenses. If you have 500 grand in the bank, you've got 100 months living expenses. And Mark likes to track, though, track those number of months where even if he didn't earn anything, he's still got capital behind him. And, you know, he's, he's got it so that it's beyond his lifetime and probably his kid's lifetime in terms of being able to live off the capital. And he sees that as progress. He sees that as a financial metric to measure. Um, Mark likes to trick and game himself and me into thinking that himself and I and our companies have got less, less cash than we have. So we diversify our capital into watches, into art, um, into other physical investments, into ISAs, into various different stocks, of course, into various different property types, into various businesses and companies. Now, he'll track it all on his net worth statement, the updates every three to six months. But if you've got it in lots of different places and not just in one bank account, you kind of trick yourself that you've got less when you've got more. Uh, and I'll go, bloody hell, the cash is a bit low. We better get out there and launch a product or service or you know, hustle away or just push the growth. And then he'll chuckle to himself like, do you remember Dastardly and Muttley and the, the little chuckle from Muttley? He'll chuckle to, chuckle to himself like that, that he's motivated me because I think we've got less money than we have. And, and then he'll just move it back. And he plays all sorts of little games on, like that on himself and me. He loves the, the, the sort of random spot checks and just keeping you on your toes, as Victoria has just said, in the live. Um, Mark believes that there are not many very good consultants and a few brilliant ones. So a great project manager is vital. A great planning consultant is vital. Great consultants are worth their weight in their goal. But Mark believes that 90% of them are rubbish and 10% of them are really good. And your job is to filter through the rubbish, test them, test them, test them, get rid of them, get rid of them, test them, get rid of them, get rid of them. And then when you get a good one, a good planning consultant, a good project manager, you know, etc., you keep them, you look after them. Mark, once he's got someone that he really values in his team, he really looks after them. And it's not in the way of the small little gestures, but he looks after them properly, pays them well, you know, gives them security. Um, and and Mark, you know, Mark does believe you have to kiss a lot of frogs when it comes to employment and partnerships and ventures. 
which is why Mark likes to test small and test early and test with not much risk before he scales up because he realizes, um, Mark believes recruitment is pretty much a lottery. He believes that, you, you know, some roles you might have to hire three or four people until you find the right one. And you never really know what someone that you are hiring is going to be like until they've worked for you for six or 12 months. And they can game you in an interview and they can say what they want. And he never really believes what people say. Mark needs the proof. and He's not really one for just sort of being sold to or easily spun in his mind to believe things. And Mark often says he always sees the worst in things. But that makes him a good business partner to me because I'm often the opposite and I'm a little bit naive and I often see the best in things. Got three more quick ones. So Mark believes to protect your credit file with your life. He's told me that over and over and over. Protect your credit file with your life. Never miss a payment. Never default. Never, ever, ever protect your credit uh, file with your life. And a lot of that is organisation as well, because sometimes people miss payments, not because they ain't got the money, because of bad admin. Mark believes that cash is king, not trash. So Grant Cardone, who Mark knows and I know very well, believes that cash is trash. Cash is trash. Get rid of all your cash. As in invest it because cash depreciates because of inflation. But Mark sort of chuckled at that and had a bit of a laugh at that because he thinks that if you overstretch yourself for investments and assets and you're not liquid, then if your assets go down, your investments go down or you need some liquidity, then you're screwed. So Mark believes that cash is king and holding a a decent amount of cash and or money in fairly liquid assets is really important. So you've got that flexibility if the markets change. Um, And then he also believes in testing new finance methods regularly. So when crowdfunding first came out, Mark went on a few crowdfunding sites and he's just working out how all the finance works. And even if he doesn't need it, he's just figuring it all out. So he knows, okay. and he likes to know what he could get because Mark's a bit of a doomsday thinker, but he likes to have all this worked out. So there you go. There's another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 17 things I've just covered in 22 minutes. Things uh, that Mark Homer teaches and preaches and really believes in that maybe isn't so commonly shared. So if you're watching this live, make sure you listen to the podcast series because we're putting them all on the podcast every day for, you know, what, probably six or seven days straight. I've also got all the videos, so four so far, um, on a thread pinned to the Progressive Property Facebook community. Make sure you go and watch them all. This, This information is worth tens of thousands of pounds, I'm telling you. If you implement one out of every five strategies I've, I've told you, some are going to save you hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands. Um, and, and so don't underestimate the power of this information. And it certainly saved and made me millions over the years learning it from him when I was a disaster with money in what, 2005, something like that. And finally, don't forget, be around online on social media or opening our emails or listening to our Progressive Property podcast. Um, towards the end of Feb and the early couple of days in March when we're going to announce this very, very special one-off for 40 people only, um, probably a combination of a, a decent amount of time masterminding with Mark, like months and months, and also a brand new business and finance course. We're just finalising the offer and packaging it up, but you'll want to be really quick. Um, I think we're going to offer it out to about 600, 650,000 people. We're only taking thought. It's only going to be application um, only initially. So you'll want to be as quick as you can. But it's very exciting. Um, I promise you it will be worth your money and worth your time. Just to get a day with Mark Homer would be worth, you know, a significant amount of money, let alone months of masterminding and mentoring with him. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your eyes and ears out for the next episode live in the Facebook community or on the Progressive Property Podcast. If you listen to the podcast, but you're not in the Progressive Facebook group, join now. Progressive Property Community. And if you are in the Progressive Property Community, but you don't listen to the Progressive Property Podcast, 
It's on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. So remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Or as Mark Hamill would say, every pound is a prison.